Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Very special guest, a rolling start, Christina Maxuti. Welcome to Footwork. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you guys. Very, very, very excited. Thank you. Three, three New York heads right, right now in Germany. It's uh, it's feeling like home. It feels like home. If you put all of our brain cells together, you'll get like one pizza, one bagel, and like one <laughs> coffee, and then yeah. everyone has a good time. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Is there? Is there one before we get into some deeper topics? Is there one thing that you miss the most about New York or America? Like, what is it that you miss? And everything bagel, not toasted with cream cheese. Ooh, Ooh. that brought me back too. Okay, all right, let's move on. We can we yeah. can't be living in the past. We have a motto here: make your own path. A certain, yeah. certainly, essentially, just kind of following your dreams. You're not held to the same standards if they don't fulfill you. You know, normal jobs, normal roots. So for us, that's kind of somewhat of the basis of Footwork Podcast. But what does making your own path mean to you? I think it's exactly that. It sounds maybe redundant to say, but making your own path, I think really is, you can't get too caught up in the details. It really just is creating your own little way for yourself, you know? And I think you can get so stuck if it, stuck into the what the precedent ways of becoming a footballer or becoming anything in, in life and then you realize that sometimes you have to clear the roads for yourself and you know really make your own pathway and it's going to look very windy and you know troublesome but I think if you're determined then then yeah I think it, it's such a good question because it, the question has the answer in it which is just like, <laughs> like yeah, making, it's true. making space for yourself in this world in the occupation that you want to do is yeah. something that's not given and it has to be taken so I think if anyone who's determined in anything you have to create that space for yourself because it's not even if it's laid out in front of you it maybe isn't the path that you want anyways so finding ways to get what you want and creating it for yourself a lot of times. It's ended Very right well there. Said. That's a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I know for, that makes sense. so for those that don't know you, before we dive deeper into some of the topics and themes for today, yes. um, can you give us a narrated movie trailer of your life thus far? Okay, I'll make it quick. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm 29. Um I've been playing overseas for, I don't know, a few years now. But basically, the football, pro football started post-collegiate. So I went to Fordham University in the Bronx. It was D1 school, Atlantic 10. And then I ended up having two back-to-back injuries. I had compartment syndrome, which is like, I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had surgery on both my legs. And then first spring game back, I ended up tearing my ACL. And so it's two years that I'm out. And then I am able to come back for my one fifth year. And then, you know, I, I feel like I'm done with football after that. I was injured. always wanted to play pro. didn't really see it happening. And so then I decided to take some time off and move to Australia. And I just bought a one-way ticket. Honestly, told my parents like a week before I left. 
and bought a visa, bought a one-way ticket, booked a hostel for two weeks, and then was just living life. Like I was, I was coaching and then just, you know, no one knew me. No one knew me as the football player, no one from New York, no one, I was just enjoying my life. And then I ended up finding my way back into football, which was like, I think really beautiful and really pure. And it happened in a really like organic way. Actually, I was, e- I was on Twitter and I was emailing all the coaches in the, in the women's league. And I found their email. And one of the coaches from Sydney FC, the head coach, accidentally emailed me back thinking I was another player, being like, oh, yeah, my training's at 7.30, see you there. And then he, and I was like, what is this? Like, oh, did he say yes? And then he was like, oh, I'm sorry, that email was for one of the other girls, but go ahead, come through. And so it was like one of those like little funny breakthrough things. And so I ended up like staying on, training with them, like, connections playing the second league and then yeah I played second league and then got uh, a call to play for Albania and so then went to Albania and then that kind of kicked off my my European to Iceland to Switzerland to Germany North Carolina all those places kind of kicked off from that little that little scenario that's crazy I love I love how everything kind of started from a DM and then an accidental DM back like that is that is beautiful yeah he's such a nice guy my teammate he emailed is one of my one of my good friends and it was just one of those like I think when you look at the time you think it's like a funny coincidence and you're just kind of like wow everything kind of rolls into one and then yeah it was a good time the snowball effect from that is amazing but but what was it what was mentally what was your intentions from going to did you have it in mind? Like maybe this is a place where I can kind of reinvent myself or do mm-hmm. go on trials or was it like, I'm just going to switch my setting for a little bit and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. I, I really I had no intentions behind it. I think it was more, if I'm going to be honest with myself, like a, like a running away moment. I felt really overwhelmed because I was a very intense kid about playing professional soccer. I think I was not one of those kids who didn't know what they wanted to be. I was like like Halloween, I was a soccer player and, you know, everything. And so to finish like college, the way I finished it, which was like, yeah, we went to the conference finals, but personally it was, you know, it wasn't where I wanted to be going into an NWSL draft or, you know, feeling like a top prospect. And it was just, didn't know what to do with my life. And I just, yeah, I can't, there's not a lot of thinking that went into it. And I just wanted to go get space and so I needed to go to the furthest place in the planet, which was literally yeah. to Australia. So I need space. And I think I just wanted to be not a football player for a little bit and to see what that was like and to meet people that didn't know me as, as that. And so I think it allowed me to come back into the game, like on my own terms mm-hmm. and to see and to like dip my toe in the water where if you're back home and you dip your toe in the water, maybe everyone, you know, has an opinion or, you know, this and that. And it was kind of like, oh, well, if I messed up at training or had a bad game, like my family wouldn't know, my friends wouldn't know, the coaches. And, you know, so it was more just about, it ended up bringing me back to football, but it was more just about myself. And, you know, I love beaches, I love traveling. And, you know, and so I just threw it all into one experience and booked a one-way ticket and then left. So beautiful. I love that. If I think about it now, I don't know how I, I I don't know if I would do it, if I would do it, but at the time, I just think I blacked out and then did it. But I mean, it's kind of like you said, is like the the mind state that you were in at that time really called for something like that. Like, yeah, I think it's yeah. hard to kind of 
empath- empathize with that now because you're not in that situation. Oh, mentally. that is such a good point. So wow. like that person back then had to right. do something like that and had to change, wow. had to kind of just flip the switch, rewire a little bit. Whoa, that was profound. <laughs> Thank I'm gonna, you. No, I'm going to remember that. that. That was actually, that's a really good take. I've never thought of that. I appreciate that. Well, you set me up. You set there me up with the alley-oop. So. Along with the footwork. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, for, for those who don't know, and especially pertaining to a lot of our international listeners, coming out of college, is it really just the draft? It's the NWSL draft or nothing in America? Like what is, so the feeling is like, if I don't get drafted, like there's no other opportunity for me here? I think it's really hard. I think the U.S. system is very difficult because there is a draft and obviously it's a small number of people and you can go to open trials. I'm not going to slag off the end of it. So they have open trials, but it's not like Europe where there's a built in system for mm-hmm. if you want to dabble, if you want to play semi-pro, if you want to play this, it's basically like be the top 50 players in the U S or don't play at all, you know? And it's, you know, whereas you can go to Germany and play second league, you can go to Italy, you can go anywhere in the world and play first, second, third, and, you know, there's so I, I do empathize with a lot of American girl players because it's it's not an easy system. And then you have to try to find an agent to go overseas and you don't really know the market. And, you know, so it's we produce some of the best talent. I think we have the best one of the best national teams. But as far as league wise, I think it is quite difficult. Yeah. And now let's start with it. Now you're back in Germany after being here. Um in 2019-20, but this time with, with SV Meppen. Yeah. Um, what made you come back here, and, and how was the lead-up to the season? Then? I definitely wanted to come back to Germany because I love the competitiveness. I love the professionalism. I think it's the best league in the world if, you know, going toe-to-toe with the English league, but I think Germany's had a few more years at the top for the women's game. Um, so to have just that, uh, like, as... I don't know, one of the reasons to come back, you couldn't really ignore. And I think every game feels so big. And, um, you know, it's just it's an experience that you want as a professional footballer, you know, to be playing the best, the best for the games to be so competitive. And, you know, and I think we've had a good run up. I think we got unlucky in our first match. I think we deserved a point. And so but it was great to see that, you know, we can compete. We're going to have a good season. There is, you know, success to be had if we keep focused. So. I think I always wanted to come back to Germany. And after that year, I think, you know, Corona and my path took a, a few turns left and right. But Germany was something that I thought if I had the opportunity to come back to, I would jump at it. And so besides, you know, rationing the heat for 15 minutes a day, what is <laughs> what is a game day like for you? Game day. So we've had... You know, game day i think because we've had different varying times on games okay um whereas i much prefer like our 4 p.m kickoff but we've had early ones so they're pretty basic i think i'm up at like eight o'clock seven if i have to be let's say our last we had a home game so we had breakfast at the hotel we had to be there i left here at 9 20 so i need to have a cup of coffee like and sit and like scroll tiktok after I like, I do like my meditation, I journal, and then I like to do that. 
And so then I go eat breakfast at 10 and then it's pretty much the stadium. And then you're there taping meetings and then mm -hmm. game happens. I think the hardest part of game day is the come down. I think people always talk about what do you do before the game? What do you do before the game? Before the game, it happens so quick. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end, we have a game at one o'clock. It's, you know, five o'clock in your home. And like, you know, that's, I think, more, more interesting and more difficult. So. So what's, what happens after? FaceTime. FaceTime? FaceTime with the family? FaceTime, FaceTime with friends? Yeah, I think you try to, I think most of us try to kill as much time at the stadium as you can, to be honest. Like, mm -hmm. you're on the pitch, you maybe you take the shower, you eat there, and then because you get home and it's like the adrenaline, to try to come down from the adrenaline, I know yeah. you guys probably have it too. It's it's so difficult. You're like thinking about the game, but you're like just sitting in your in your living room or in your bed. And so I think like, yeah, I think I just try to calm down, but I know that that night and the rest of the afternoon is pretty much shot. Like you're just not a normal human being after a game, I don't think. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, that's a really good point. I, I mean, experienced that last night. We had a late game, 730 games so afterwards. I mean, sleeping is not going to happen. It's um, not going to happen. But yeah, I mean, I wonder what what have you learned throughout your career? It's like you said, FaceTime. But what are some things that you have learned that definitely work and definitely do not work? Depends on like uh, what it's, it's I think I'm, it's interesting because if I have a really good game, I have a tendency to not want to be around anyone and to almost like want to throw my phone in like the ocean. Like I want to just kind of crawl in a hole and like just be and, and to decompress. And because I think when you have a good game, maybe your phone blows up or, you know, not blows up, but like, you know, you know, maybe you feel obligated to repost on social media or to do this and to, you know, do that. And so I find that when I have the inner peace of playing well, I'd like to just be by myself. And then when I have a bad game, I seek the comfort in my family with phone calls or, you know, maybe the girls and I would go out to eat because everyone's feeling the same way. So I really, really think it depends on how the game goes. And I think that's not maybe the right answer because you're supposed to be consistent. But I think we're humans. And if you play, play well, I've always been more of a recluse when I play well. And when I feel like I need like a pep talk or maybe I'll call my mom or you know, my sister, and then I kind of just try to stay off my phone and then just leave social media out of it and stuff like that. Now, I'm kind of the same way. It's funny you said that. I don't know if I've ever actually, like, put it into words, but I do feel like when I have a, a good high after a game, I like to come back to middle. And when I have a, a low from the game, I like to come back to middle. I feel like that's kind of what you're saying, too. It's like uh, yeah. that is that is being consistent in a way, though. It's like – your highs aren't too high and your lows aren't too lows. You have to try and come back to that balance. Cause I mean, I'll play a good game and have a goal, a couple goals or something like that. And I'll listen to sad music on the way home. Yeah. I never really like understood it, but I think that's kind of like what it is. It's like bringing oh it my God, to that medium. Today. Yeah. yeah. Now this is great though, but it's like, that's what it is. It's like yeah. bringing it back to a medium. So the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too low. I think that's very important as footballers. That is, I'm actually so glad that you finished that thought because now I'm, now I can understand more myself and like, wow, that's really good. Sean, right. what are you playing after the game? You're just going crazy <laughs> yeah, techno after a good win? <laughs> Keep no, that but, high but, going. But back to your point, I mean, it is consistency. It's just a different form of it. It's not, you're not yeah. doing the same thing, um, the same actions uh, after yeah. a good game or a bad game, but you're getting back to, you're trying to get to the same point. 
same energy yeah exactly never thought about that i thought it was a bit weird but how many cups of coffee you had today though just one just one um (laughs) strong cup was gonna make another but i was like you know i'm feeling okay today so we'll just stick stick with the one cup for now oh my god i could do like three or four easy is that how much are you doing a day three or four usually two okay two two and then i think yesterday we had training at 7 30 and so i had a little bit of like one of those noco energy oh yeah of course yeah yeah yeah. that i was like a crackhead on the field of the do you have any any rituals or like you know kind of things you have to do on on game day? Any superstitions to, or? No, uh, yeah, I try to meditate every day after I wake up, and then write maybe my little play for the day. Just maybe something like you know what I need to do that day, include mm-hmm. maybe score a goal, you know, and nice. Um, yeah, I try to. Basically, if I meditate, I'm I'm a happy I'm a happy camper with what the checklist of what I've done. But yeah, there's small things I think I've done since I was like eight, which is like I put my left boot on first, and you know I I have a specific shin guard that goes on which one. But I don't really call them superstitions. They're more I guess they are. They're more comforts to me because I think it's so cute that to be able to do yeah. that. You know, kind of but, brings you brings you back to the roots almost. In a yeah, way. it's like it's like wow, I, what a cool job I still have. Like I get to do this since I was like. 10 something so yeah something like that so the shin guards if the one says left and the one says right are we are we disregarding that and just i don't have those ones i'm really specific i like okay. i'm one of those ones that likes tiny 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 shin guards and like light ones so the mm-hmm. the nike ones that are really thick i think that ones say left and right i i can't wear those and so i don't know if my ones say left and right so i have a pair from albania they're about like this big Okay, yeah, yeah. So, Same. <laughs> and then I have a Nike pair that are like, and then they just have one part of the check mark goes up mm. on one side. So like I, that's how I know which leg to put it on. Not gotcha, like left okay. or right. I just kind of like, I don't know. I have a quick question on shin guards in Germany. Do the women, yeah. German women, do they ever wear like shoe insoles as shin guards? I was just gonna ask the same thing. Like wrapped in tape, right? They literally take they cut a like a insole in half, wrap it in tape, and use that as a shin guard. No, I've never seen that. And it's like tiny. Like I've like seen guys nothing. tape. I've seen guys tape yeah. tissues before. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's what is yeah, it? I mean, it's ridiculous. Not, but yeah. doing nothing. I guess they're not doing this. No, to be honest, we we usually come out with like I think I get studded in the shin like once a practice. I don't remember yeah. the training, but like, no, I have never seen the girls do that. I don't think they are as intense about like not wearing it as you guys as the boys are i think the boys are just like it's like no i don't want to wear them i think we're just kind of out we have to wear them <laughs> yeah. like, just, you're we're right being, yeah we're being unnormally yeah. defiant in our shape yeah you're, yeah you're like i can wear it like here's like a flower in there he's like like nothing <laughs> yeah like, a flower yeah, yeah. Just kind of like, oh, I, gotta wear them. I mean if you're wearing tissues i think it's at uh, one point it's just like oh. i wouldn't even pass the referee track with tissues they never, I've never been check. checked. Um, they yeah. only check the the bottoms to make sure they're the same color. The and like sometimes your your socks, if you know. They've been really hounding us on like the white socks. You know, if you wear like the yeah. cutoff ones, mm-hmm. yeah. they're like, oh, can you bring those lower? It's like no one's looking at the socks when they're passing. Like it's no, my national team, cares. I think some of the Norwegian stars are going to cause World War Three. They were upset because the the referees are really, and they, I, I, I was a bit like, it's a bit much. They were like having them tape the top of their shoe. And I was like, oh, it's okay. But yeah, they're cracking down. Speaking speaking of the national team, 
when did uh, that materialize? From what age? Old. Um, I played for Albania, so that happened when I was 24. I always wanted to play for the U.S. growing up, mm -hmm. and then didn't really know much about it. And then I was just playing in Australia, and yeah, it they sent a message, and then I was getting my passport and playing for them. And I think it's been the best and most rewarding experience I've had playing playing because obviously like I feel a lot of pride and you know I've been doing it for it feels like a longer time than what it is so maybe five years now six years now mm -hmm. but yeah not not like a youth team it wasn't like I was playing for U12 or U15 Albania or something like that did it kind of allow you to maybe reconnect or connect in a different way with like your roots yeah I think I think it was it's really beautiful now because I think one of the pleasures about playing for a national team, it's like one of the only places you'll play for so many years. And so I've really had teammates that I've known for years now who I know their family and this and that. I think me being so consistent and going back for the games has really allowed my family to be more consistent in that part of our lives too. Like everyone, I was blessed to have everyone come to Europe, to Albania for a match a few years ago. Like, all the siblings and both my parents awesome. and like go to my uncle my, or my family's house in, in Kosovo. So I think they really, everyone's really gotten on board again. I think my dad feels a lot happier because like, you know, it's very prevalent now because I'm there six, seven times a year. Yeah. So no, that makes, that makes complete sense. What about like the reception of you being an American and then coming into the Albanian national team from, Players, coaches, federation, yeah. fans, like what is that experience yeah. like for you? I think it's a I think it's a good question. It's it's something that I definitely felt like I felt the first few years. And mm. not in a bad way. I think they just had to get to know me. I think when you play for a national team, like they'll call players from all sorts of countries, Sweden, you know, Switzerland, Denmark, and all these places. And so I think they were used to seeing a rotation of players coming, like the core group of girls and even some Americans. And so I think I was just, just treated as another one of those rotating uh, kind of girls where like, oh, maybe she's a rich girl from New York. Maybe she's like, she talks a lot, blah, blah, blah. And so I think once they really got to know me as a person and, and realized my personality and I don't believe, I think all of us humans like, you know, should treat everyone the same I really feel like they got to know me more and then it hasn't been an issue I feel like they they treat me the same I like to be treated the same you know my family house is in the same city as some of their families you know back home and so I think it just took them a minute and as it should you don't have to build trust you know like it's not easy when you hear someone speaking with an American accent you know and you think that they are like this or they have all this money or they have, they're, you know, going to treat you like that or judge you on your, on your boots or the clothes you wear, or the phone or this and that. And, you know, I didn't really care what, you know, I was also making my own money trying, I wasn't like a rich, I was this, and, you know, so mm -hmm. I think in the beginning it was difficult, but now it's a joy. Now it's like going on holiday. Now it's, I love to go back. So it's good now. And what can we expect uh, going forward from the team? Albania? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I think you can expect a lot because I think we have the most points that we've ever had before. We had 10. I think we got unlucky against Poland. We lost 2-1. Um, and so I honestly think if we got our ducks in a row, we could we can make a run for a qualifying. 
it's not easy in Europe. As you guys know, there's so few spots for these international tournaments and you're going up, mm-hmm. you know, we have someone like we have Belgium and we have Norway in our group, we have Poland. And these are, these are teams with 10 staff members, you know, in the, microphones and the gps and the flying <laughs> private jets you know and so i'm really proud of how well we do with you know with our resources and i i'd be one of my dream bucket lists to help us qualify for something so we just finished up the world cup qualifying so we'll have to draw for the next euros at some point and fingers crossed we have a good group and you know you always have to give it everything you got and you know just See, hopefully you don't get like England and France in your group or something. <laughs> yeah, no, Germany. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, what about domestically in in Albania? How do you have you seen kind of the game growing there for for women? Yeah, so we great question. So our basically our best team in Albania is called Bosnia. I actually played Champions League with them um, while I was waiting for my Albania passport to be processed. I I was in the country and I was playing uh, Champions League. And they're actually in the midst of, they finished 1-1 against a team for Champions League. And if they win or tie, they go to the round of 16, I think. And so I think a lot of our national team girls, they do play for that one team. But I think because of their success in the Champions League, it has a rallying effect on, you know, the surrounding city. And Albania is not a very prejudiced country when it comes to women's and men's football. They just want us to be good. And so all girls are encouraged to play. Like my dad never had a problem. Like I don't, all the girls, they don't have problems playing. So I think it really just is about, you know, just resources and, Mm -hmm. and everything. But I think it's a good generation. These girls have known each other for a long time. So hopefully we can do something with that, but yeah, shout out to Bosnia. I hope they do well in their next week's game. It's so funny because like doing research on you for this episode and like seeing the teams you played for, there's already like, there's like, we couldn't find anything there's that, that there's <laughs> gaps. Like we couldn't find that uh, you play Champions League in Albania, like amazing. Yeah, like, I got to Sid- Wikipedia. <laughs> Sid- yeah, I mean, Sydney, I knew from an article that you were there on trial, but didn't know that you played there. So it's like. No, I didn't. I was just a, I was just a training player. I oh, okay. Just, okay. Gotcha. And then I played for MacArthur in the second, in the second league. But yeah, then my resume in the beginning years, I was like, yeah, it's it's hectic. And I remember like clubs and agents asking me about it and me being like, I don't know how to explain this and just leave me out of it. Like I don't want to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking on that, I mean, just coming like, especially with American players coming out of college, wanting to go pro, we kind of touched on it before, or at least wanting to try it, seeing where it can take them, traveling and all this stuff. What kind of advice would you give them for how to go about it? There, there's nothing that you cannot figure out. There is nothing you cannot figure out. I did everything. I was my own agent. I was, I would, yeah, there's not anything. If you want something, it's very cliche, but if you want to do something, there's not many things I wanted to do. Like I wasn't obsessed with math or science or this and that, but I, I've always wanted to be a professional footballer. And so I took an interest in all of the capacities. And so whatever it took for me to become that, I was going to do. So, yeah, I would knew how many foreigners were on each team without an EU passport. I knew who was being traded. I knew I was my own agent. Or if I had an agent, I would send clips to him every single game. And I would tell him, email this person. I'd find every single email of every single club that I wanted to go to in the top five leagues. When I was 
17, I think I made a list of the top five teams in the top 10 countries in Europe and, you know, gave it to my dad. It was like, I want to play here and this and that. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until, as a women's footballer, you don't have the luxury or like, you know, to maybe put your hand up and say, hey, go do this for me. But I didn't mind because I wanted to make all my decisions and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So if you're a young girl coming out of college, there is not one thing that you can't find on the internet to figure out how to do what you want to do. When I was getting my visa for Australia, I just Googled it, you know, I just, what did I need? Which documents? And, you know, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say. It's don't available. Pe- it's available yeah. people. Yeah. Right. Don't be stressed. And, you know, I was doing like 10 jobs at once for myself, you know, most of the time, very rarely did I have an agent that did something a hundred percent for me, you know? Yeah. But sometimes I think that's, could- Sorry, really important talking. that um sometimes you do all that on your own because you're you have a different commitment to it mm-hmm. you know where if you just say hey can you get me on a team and the agent does everything you're less uh involved with the process but yeah. once you get to the team you knew how much was involved to get yourself there that you have a different level of drive than maybe someone else who had it maybe a bit easier yeah i think for me now i'd, I'd like my, my brother's my agent now so he nice. you know like I think now I'm more like I don't want to know anything about the visa process I don't want to know anything about this and that but I think my goal was to get to that point you know I think in the beginning I knew everything because it was either that or bust and so I think you have to look at yourself realistically and see where you are and if you are a top 10 prospect then go ahead get the agent and let them do the work you deserve that I'm not saying that someone doesn't but I had to be honest with myself and realize, okay, well, there was no plan B if I wanted to be playing over here. It was you figure it out or you sit in, in the couch in, in the living room. So just be realistic and and that's that. All right. That's great advice. <laughs> and when you finally got that first contract, um, what were your expectations versus the reality of the contract? My first contract. So the first time I was making money playing football ever was in the second league in Australia. And I thought that was really hilarious because it was good money. And it wasn't good, good money. But, you know, it was like to play one game in the weekend to make money, I thought was – I would have done – I was doing 99% of it free. So Hey, this is cool. I thought – are you kidding me? Because I was doing it for free, you know? And so mm-hmm. – Yeah. Um, so that, I'll go to my first pro-pro contract because I was – I was working as well in Australia. I had a very good, um, I was the women's director officer of club. So that was my actual job. And, but then when I signed to play in Iceland, yeah, I think mixed emotions, happy to have the pro contract, obviously not in the place I wanted to be necessarily, not the country, not the league. But I remember just thinking to myself, okay, well, if you, if this is the last thing you ever did, you can tick it off your list that you played and you had a contract. So I think Iceland was very difficult for me. I didn't vibe the with the country, with the cold, with the, the season length, but I was happy to have a professional contract. And yeah, to, to talk about the culture and weather and all these things, because I think I lived in Australia for a little bit too, and I always explained it's like I lived in Tasmania, yeah. So down the down under too. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it was cool. It's a, a little different. I've been in Sydney too, and I think Sydney is just the coolest. But it has 
Tasmania is like so beautiful on the eye. It's just like yeah. for nature lovers, it's amazing. I highly yeah. recommend it. But I mean, I always explain Australia as kind of being America with accents. The culture is very similar. There's yeah. like certain things and slang, all that, of course, and yes. certain customs. But it's really not that different. Where Iceland yeah. is a is way different. So what was that like to experience a different culture and kind of, of course, like the weather you said, being away from family again, what was that like? Uh, well, it's really funny to say that about Tasmania and Australia, because I always say that Australia is America with no rules or less rules. <laughs> That's and true. That's also like true, less, yeah. Like less politically correct people. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, Iceland, Iceland was tough for me. Iceland was probably one of my hardest professional moments. I mm. think it was not i think what i had what i wanted was something so different than what my reality was which was like i wanted to be in central europe i wanted to be playing i wanted to be you know involved and i felt so isolated in iceland and i felt you know the girls knew english but they didn't speak english and you know the, they had the worst winter they've ever had it was snowing in june and you know we were oh. playing always on turf fields and yeah. you know like yeah so I think that when I went to Lugano afterwards, it was like falling in love. It was just like everything I wanted was came after that. But my first moment in pro playing pro was probably my most difficult, to be honest. How did yeah. you negotiate that next move? How did you kind of move on from something like this? Bounce yeah. back one mentally, bounce back mentally and have the same yeah. hunger to, to reapproach it in a different place again. And yeah, how did that come about? Were you your own agent on this one? No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what happened was I was in the U.S. playing only for national teams. So I was flying back and forth to Albania. And then my uncle lives in the Netherlands. And he was like, you can go on trial to Ajax for a week or two. And so I was like, oh, my God, amazing. So I went. And it was the winter. And they didn't have the budget. And, you know, it didn't work out. And so then I got an email being to go to trial to Iceland. And so I went right from the Netherlands. But I would also had just flown back from Australia to Albania, to Amsterdam, to here. So I remember calling my mom saying, you know, I just finished the week and I was super sick, had a fever. I was really just exhausted at that point. And I just said to her, I couldn't get on a flight back to New York. And so my cousin lives in Zurich. And so I flew to Switzerland and just basically waited. It was supposed to be like a week for their answer. Ended up being six weeks. And I ended up training at a Swiss club for fun. And having the time of my life in Zurich, you know, spending mm -hmm. all my money in the trains, but just didn't care. I would take it two hours, walk an hour, and then finish, come home at like two in the morning. And then, so when I got the yes to go to Iceland, um, I went there and then I got an email in the middle of a team meeting being like, hey, we had the, we have this coach from the Zurich team who wants to sign you, but they can't because you know the budget, but we're another team in Switzerland called Lugano, we'd love to know if you want to come. And I just remember the, in a team meeting, booking a flight and like sneaking out of the country and going to meet them and basically saying yes and coming back to Iceland and asking for my release to make the summer window. And then, yeah, that's how that happened. I'm just picturing you doing like the Incredible. slow back out of the like the meeting, like yes. just backing out, no, like what is that family guy or whatever? Sprinting. I was <laughs> oh, okay. sprinting out of that country. <laughs> I, I just was like, and Lugano, I don't know if you guys ever heard, it's in the south of Switzerland, it's close to Italy. And so it's basically like Switzerland, 
but like Italy, Italy, palm trees, mountains, like heat. So I, there was no chance for the Iceland. Uh, as soon as emphasis I saw, on heat, emphasis yeah. on heat, heat. Like I capital no H. Chance. Yeah, there was no chance once I found that place. But yeah, I got lucky. The universe, everything was that one training with that club while waiting mm-hmm. for that one got me my mm-hmm. next contract, and I was able to go. Did you feel like being, I mean, just having all of these things that kind of helped off the field too, helped you to be comfortable in that contract? Because you did ball out that year and probably set yeah. you up even further. So do you yeah. feel like all of those kind of things, like that laid the bricks for you to, yeah. to just concentrate on the game? Yeah, I was so happy. I I really was. I was, I was a happy. I was a happy girl on and off the field. I was excited to be. I was so focused. Uh, if anyone spoke to me that year, they probably thought I was crazy. I was really focused. And I was just in love with where I lived. I lived in Ponte Tresa, which is over the border in Italy, in this small Italian village on a lake. And, you know, I I couldn't really, I was making horrible money. But I- The vibes care. were immaculate. The vibes, the vibes were so Priceless. immaculate. There's yeah. actually like 14 other Americans on the team. And so you say fourteen. Yeah, it was like a basic wow. study abroad program, but it wasn't. Um, that's le- that's legal. The next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so we're talking about where you lived on the in the yeah, lake. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, and that's when I did learn. I remember when I was signing to Duisburg for the first year. My agent, I had a German agent at the time. I was signing the um the contract or whatever, agreeing to it. And I asked the coach about the city and he was going to, he was explaining to it. And then my agent cut him off and said, don't tell her anything. She loves Lugano too much. Otherwise she won't sign here. I really, because I was thinking like, I was thinking, am I going to leave this place? And like, I love the city. I love the language. I love the food. I love, you know, I love everything about it. So that is something that I do take into account when I move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that sounds like. First off, I got to visit this place. It sounds. Yeah. Uh, I think that you will not find someone who loves that city more than than I do, and so I think if you were to talk to a normal person, they give you a normal account of it. But I have a, like this. I have a love for that place that like has no bounds. I think if it's like it's irrational. So, but yes, go visit. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I'm getting the vibe that you really loved it. I can tell you that. Your face says it all. Now, now, while you while you were in Switzerland, though, did you ever think, um, you know, I'm using this season as a jump to the, a bigger league, like a hundred percent? I was I was absolutely feral with my goals, like and and my teammates around me. Like I was, I knew what I wanted, and I knew what I needed to do every single day, and every single training, and every single game, and I would write it in my journal, and I would. You know, tell the girls, there's no talking to me. Don't ask me to hang out. Don't ask me to do anything. Like, I'm here for for a purpose. And I was focused 10 months, you know. And I knew that at, at the time, I thought it was my last chance to make something of myself. I felt old. I was 25. I was making not good money. And I thought, this is my last chance to do something. Here's this opportunity to go do it. And it was probably the most focused I've ever been in my whole life. And the sole goal that year was to get to Germany or to England. And that was what that was year was used for. I ended up falling in love with the with the whole country and the whole city and the team. And I think when you're so focused, like I, there's so many things I loved about it, but 
And it almost makes me feel bad that I wanted to leave it so badly, but that was mm. the goal and everyone knew that. And I think they respected it as well because I felt like we qualified for Champions League and I was giving them, they gave me a gift and I was giving them a gift as well. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Don't text me. Don't call me. No. I don't want to hang out. I don't want to. Nothing. No, I was nothing. I would say to them, I was like, Matthew, you should make, you know, friends. I ended up making some of my best friends that year. You know, it was, it was very normal. But I think, like, when you want when you want to do something, I had done it other ways, and I wanted to try it this way. And mm-hmm. it was working for me. And I would lived 14 girls in like three apartments in the same floor. So it was never, I was always talking. I was always hanging out. It was just like when it came to football, when it came to like, into like not locked going in. out. Yeah, yeah, locked in at yeah, football yeah. and locked into not going out. Otherwise, you couldn't have a moment alone to yourself in that apartment. So it was, it was very good. Another thing I've seen from from your resume and, and career so far is this reoccurring theme of one-year contracts, which I guess yeah. there's two sides to it where it can give you the freedom to be able to move on like you did yeah. and use Lugano still love it, but use Lugano as maybe the stepping stone into yeah. a bigger league, but also like you don't have that necessary security or comfort yeah. to kind of settle into a place. Yeah. So how do you kind of, how have you approached that picking up and going after one yeah. year, a lot of the times in your career? I think when you're younger, it's something that you um, just have to accept. And I think, in the women's game, it's not very common to have multi-year deals. And it's something that I definitely look for now. And that's which I'm happy because in Germany, it's a standard two-year, which is really nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's – I'm excited to kind of build a life in the community. But I think it has to attest to the fact that I was so driven on always something better Mm-hmm. that it was always for me like next 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 that's why I went from Australia to Iceland to Lugano to Germany to North Carolina you know and it was like I had my eyes set on okay this is good but like I never felt like I wanted to stay besides Lugano but I couldn't turn down Germany um at the time because that was what I wanted and I wanted to do other things so I think it's a it's it's a bit of a mix a mix of like maybe the women's game doesn't offer as much stability and realism and also my inner drive to just try and always, you know, think what can I do better? Okay. I like this league, but can I go to a better team or to this, which I don't think is something that I strive for anymore. So Mm -hmm. I've learned. Do you find too, that with that, the one-year contract and always striving for the next thing that you forget to, kind of just appreciate and live in the moment. Like yeah. the fact that you're living in Switzerland playing professional football, and this is what you dream yeah. to do. And maybe it's not the best contract, but, or even in Iceland, you kind of over, you're just looking at the, where am I going to go next? Instead yeah. of just appreciating, Hey, I'm here for a whole season. I'm here for 10 months. Yeah. Let me make the best of it. And then what happens next? I'll, yeah. I, I think, I think it's because I think, like with Lugano, I was the reason why I did so well is because I was so happy to be there every day. In general, my goal at the end was to move on, but I never wanted to leave every day. I never wanted to be somewhere else different. And I think that is the key to how I approach things now. Um, what, like, I think it also just, I think it's, yeah, you have to be present, you have to be like happy with where you are and, and this and that. And that's something that I've learned now. My coach said to me yesterday, it was really funny, like, you know, just be happy, be present, you know, accept it. And that's something that I 
really do every day now, but in the past it was too much of eyes on the next prize. And, and I think that, but when you're on one of your contracts, I think it's a little bit of anxiety. You have to think in advance, you know, mm -hmm. you have to be on top of your agent or you have to be ready to go by winter because contracts are being signed. So I, I don't want to be too hard on myself because I think that I didn't want to be out of a job. I didn't want to be sitting at home for too long. It, it's happened, but I think it was like a bit of a mix. So yeah, kind of like that. I think that's what it is though. It's like the balance of appreciating every day that you have, but also knowing like, like I think as footballers, especially kind of we've, all three of us have kind of had to grind out and again, make our own path. Yeah. So that doesn't come from just settling in one area and being okay yeah. with it because we know yeah. we have to make stones because we believe in our abilities. We believe we can yeah. play higher. So yeah. it's like, like both of you guys are saying, it's like that balance to appreciate it, but know like at the end, and yeah. maybe you don't always like think about it, but at the yeah. end, you know, like, okay, I'm gone yeah. after this year. Like, yeah. Next year, I'm I'm yeah. I'm moving up. Yeah, I think that what I wanted, what I always thought was that if I get to this place, then I'll be happy. Then I will relax. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a moment not too long ago, before I signed to North or after I came home from North Carolina, that I just felt like that was all a lie. Mm -hmm. And it sounds easy now, but when you're living it. You as a as like as you guys know as professional athlete, you think, oh, I get to Bayern Munich, my life is set. I'll chill then. But if you are good enough to get there, then your mind will not chill and you will not rest and you will always be looking at the next thing. And so, I think it comes it comes with realism. So I think that at my age now, with my maturity, I can be really happy and present and fulfilled in Methin. But I also can be that way because I'm playing at the highest level. And I'm playing in a league that I love and I respect that's amazing. And I think when I was stressed and I wasn't playing at the level that I thought it was harder for me to be present in that moment. And so I think you do have to push yourself because I'm mm -hmm. glad I did push myself because then I got to the level that I was okay with. And then I really can enjoy it. Like when I was going from Iceland to Lugano, I was really proud of myself and I really could enjoy every moment of it. And then my first time around in Germany, maybe I didn't, I was overwhelmed by it. I wasn't quite, you know, I was a little bit shocked and, you know, a little bit like, oh my God, can I handle all this and stuff? Whereas, you know, or I was thinking about even the next step at that time. And so I think it's definitely is a mix of like, be present and be there, but make sure you get yourself to a place that you want to be present and relaxed in. You know, mm -hmm. like not settling. I didn't want to be present and relaxed in Iceland. I wanted to be somewhere else and I wanted to be at a better level. I thought I deserved better. And so I didn't really rest until that did happen. So now it's about resting in that moment for me and resting in that because I'm happy with the place of where I'm at in, in the league. So That's really well said. I really enjoyed that. I like, I especially like what you said about this. I think it's one of the biggest I don't know, problems, but it's one of the things you see a lot is like the, oh, I'll be happy when this happens. Yeah. Oh, like, you know, I'll be happy. And it's like, it can be as simple as like, oh, I'll be happy when Friday comes around and I'm not working yeah. and I have the weekend. Or I'll be happy when I get this contract. Yeah. And I, it's, I think it's so important for players, for people in general to know that you know, the trust the process thing gets thrown out a lot, but I think there's so much weight to it. 
in mm. terms of like being happy with the steps, knowing you want to go farther, like we've all said, but knowing that that's not going to just switch on and make you happy. It's about taking uh -huh. things, learning experiences, like you said, learning from which ones, you know, you could have maybe handled better or that you did really well and use that for the next contracts. I think that is all a part of this process. Yeah, because the downside of getting a contract that's going to make you happy, in quotations, is like getting hit in the face with a ton of books because then you're left with unhappiness in a place that you don't, you know, there's, so you, it's as important as you can to try to get to your realizations before you get them into the, in the physical world, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, like my coach, I had a meeting with her yesterday over some film and she was saying, you know, I'm a bit hard on myself. I'm a bit, you know, this, and she's like, I can tell that you have big ideas and this. And she was like, just relax. You're in the dream place. You're younger. I am, but you know, you're, you're not 35, you know, I'm 29. I'm able to just, just like enjoy the moment, relax, have a good time. And I think it's so nice to be reminded of that even as a player who's been playing for a long time because, you know, like sometimes everything you want, you already have and you're thinking mm -hmm. down the road. And I have to remind myself that like I'm better at it now, but even my coach yesterday, I'm 29, she's telling me, and I'm thinking I have everything I want right now. Like I have, you know, everything that young Christina when she was 17 dreamed of, you know, and you're thinking that you want something even better. It's so selfish. And so it's disrespectful to the place that you're at. So I think that's, so I could tell a young girl that I would just tell her that or a young man. You know? It's that gratitude. Yeah. It's like that gratitude yeah. exactly. has to come in and has to, we have to try and practice it more often because yeah. even like we spoke off camera about some of the things that Sean and I endured and like first coming to Germany. And then you look at like where I am right now and you're like, oh my God, like this is, it's crazy. It's crazy. Your younger self would be kicking you right now if mm -hmm. you were complaining about it. Because exactly. you know, you're about to you're five years in, you're playing, you have a you know, your girlfriend, you have a whole life, it's a beautiful city, and you've started that from scratch, you know? Like mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's spot on. Another thing I, I'd like to add to this whole discussion we're having just based on kind of the process and using like what you need and what you want, I think. To, to get the next contract is I think you have to be very secure and know what your values are so that they don't distract you from reaching out to something that you don't really want. So I find a lot of players, not just speaking soccer is that they're everyone wants that first professional contract, but I've seen a lot of people try and take professional contracts that are technically professional, but they could have gotten contracts somewhere else that would have been better for their development, better higher ceilings for them better environment for them to learn but instead they just kind of wanted the on the paper they wanted the instagram professional athlete bio and i think that is a key thing for you to know why am i doing this yeah. and let me use those those pillars to help me get those contracts and decide on those contracts yeah that's a great point i think never i think i've done things the way you guys have which is building mm -hmm. so i haven't had necessarily the luxury of like maybe going down the right way or the, the let me do this on paper first and do that that way but I, I would say the same thing to everybody which is regardless of whatever contract you're signing is you have to be delusional within yourself and you're delusional within your confidence to the point where i was 
pretending like I was training at Real Madrid while I was training in Iceland. And, you know, I was doing this, I was pretending I was training in Germany while I was in Lugano. And, you know, like if you take a lesser contract to still be delusional in yourself in your trainings, that it still gets you to the same place and maybe even further, you know, like I've had players coming out of top 10 colleges in the U S who are playing in lower leagues in Europe. Whereas, you know, I'm coming out, and you guys know my CV, it's all over the place, you know, and I, to, to be able to play where I'm playing now, but I took those lumps or those smaller opportunities and I was delusional within myself and I made gold mines. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. I, I'd say if you're taking that contract, that pro one, just to say, I'd say you have a lot less confidence in yourself than if you took the one that was better for you. Right. I mean, and speaking of you being all over the place, you were, in Australia, then you're in Iceland, then you're yeah. in Switzerland, Germany, and then you wound up back in North Carolina in the US. Right, right. How did this happen, one? And and how was your time there? Um, yeah, it happened and it was so Germany was the only league to finish the league during Corona. And so I was there for what felt like forever. And so I, I wanted to come back home um just to see family. I couldn't go home during the whole break. Our coach didn't let us. Um, and so I came home and I didn't really know what to do with football because, you know, Europe wasn't taking non-EU players because no one had money at the time. And I'm talking the, like not getting contracts to anywhere, you know, second league teams anywhere. And so it was really another one of those watershed moments of like, well, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going from the first boost to to essentially not knowing where my next contract is? And I think that was one of those moments where I was just giving up and was delusional and was like okay well if it ends here it ends here my family had their two cents of maybe going to Albania to do this and do that and I just didn't want I just said whatever will come if it ends here it ends here and then I ended up yeah getting a call from an American agent being like hey you're on a flight tomorrow uh to North Carolina at like 9 a.m and I had sent out like a highlight tape to this to this agent that I'd worked with in the past and didn't expect anything of it. I was like laying in the backyard of panic, telling my family I was retired, you know, and, you know, just really, I don't even know if I was working out necessarily at that point. I think I, I was only home for like eight days before I got the contract or something. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a huge moment for me because I'd always want to play in the NWSL. I was, I always wanted to, I thought it was like a bucket list moment. Definitely check that off my career. It was only for the October or the fall series. So it was like four matches. And one of those games, I was ineligible. I didn't have my, the DFB didn't send my paperwork in time. And so I missed the first home match. But to be in the environment, to be in the NWSL, to be playing with these players, to feeling like I belong, to, to getting that was, was very, like, was very beautiful for me. And I'm really, really happy to have had that experience. And I think it made me realize a lot of things and wanting to go back to Europe. But I would not erase those those memories or that those moments for for anything. I'm surprised you went back to the cold after that too. You went very north into <laughs> into Norway. Yeah, so it's a more of a case of like you know can't beggars can't be choosers kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And okay. so basically, I was in North Carolina. I was in <clears throat> excuse me the end of so, and I just didn't want to stay in the U.S. for football anymore. Mm -hmm. I'd been living in Europe for years <laughs> and I just wanted to be back there. My national team was back there. I had to get permission from our 
North Carolina coach to, to leave a few days early to make a qualifier against Scotland. And, and when you only have a few games in the NWSL, it didn't make sense. And there's a time change. And, you know, I just felt like my, my presence in Europe was, is actually where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so basically just, that was what I was working with my agent with. It's a winter window. What's going to happen. And Scandinavia at the time was the easiest to break into because then they're starting their season instead of catching a team mid season. And so I was really, really fortunate to get Klepp and to get to Norway and um, a little bit better experience than Iceland. Obviously not my favorite experience. I think it confirms my thoughts on me and that part of the world, but mm-hmm. um, I, overall it was, I was more mature. I, I knew what I was going into it. I knew what the weather was going to be like. I was, I was a lot more prepared and unfortunately it wasn't the best season, but I think it served its purpose of coming back to Europe. Throughout your time playing, especially during the the difficult moments, did you have thoughts where like, okay, this is it. Like I'm going to hang up the boots, whether it was, you oh know, compartment God. syndrome in, in college where, what is that? It's like super rare too, isn't it? So yeah, must've felt like all of this. I, I've had that. I've had so many of those moments. Like mm-hmm. it, I think people would talk to me, maybe I'm, I'm a happy girl. I enjoy what I do, but there's so many moments that I, before I came to Methin, I'm in tears. I, I think I'm going to quit. I don't, you know, like it's, they're going to happen so many more times than you think. But I think in the back of my mind is always that 1% thing of like, you're, you're BSing yourself. Like you will go through fire for this sport and you, and I do. But yeah, there's so many moments and I've had some of my lowest moments having this job, but I've also had some of my favorite ones as well. How do you kind of balance doubt and confidence? I think what I learned the first time around in Germany was you are going to have bad days and you are going to have good days. And if you play overseas, then you will have maybe more bad days than you will have good days. And you just need to realize that. I don't think it's the case for me anymore now because I feel very accustomed to Europe and, you know, I feel I have family around and, and stuff, but you, I try to be like what we said earlier, I try to be as even keel as mm-hmm. I can and it's easier said than done, but it's an active effort because otherwise you can get so caught up in one good day, but you're playing overseas. You might have three bad days you know, and so if you go based off those numbers, then you're going to have a very difficult time. So just if you were living in your home state, your home country, you'd also have good and bad days. And, you know, there are other factors to it. So just stay, try to stay as even keel as you can. And don't get caught up. And how have you, um, when going to new teams, new countries, how have you um, adapted to the culture or the team? Kind of, this is like, Dylan and I speak about it. When you're in a new place, this is your home. Like yeah. it's your home where our home is in New York, but like yeah. this is our new home and you have to think yeah. of it like that. And this isn't a vacation. You have to create friends and a group for people like this. When you have bad days, these are people you can hang out with maybe outside of the game and kind of get your mind off the game. Yeah, I think you guys seem to I feel like it's something that's definitely been a learned process for me because I have a twin sister and so I always had a built-in best friend and you know, I was always playing and very good on my teams growing up, but I was, she was my social person who kind of brought me into the friend groups. And, you know, I was very much like, oh, I did my job. I played the games. I'm going to, you know, chill or this and that. So I think when you come in 
like this year I made a, a conscious effort to go in with this as calm and energy as open to everyone and to be as understanding and to take things the least personal and to mm -hmm. make the effort to when you get invited out the first time to go to dinner you always go if someone asks you for a car ride you always go and then you try to build that as soon as you can because then when the weather starts to turn or everyone starts tired and you can start to say no to these things you have a core a core bond that's that's given into to really drop your ego, to really mm -hmm. drop your ego as much as you can coming into a new club because you have to respect the hometown girls who are working full-time and playing and, you know, you're sitting there as a professional, you're doing your job, but, you know, go in there, try to laugh, don't get upset if they don't translate, learn a few words and, you know, just try to make friends and mm -hmm. understand that you, you need to do those beginning steps to build those bonds, you know? And I think that's something I put more emphasis on now. I think it's definitely a learning process too. Like Sean and I yeah. would both say, we weren't like, even now, you know, sometimes you don't do it as well, but it's about being conscious about it and saying, yeah. how can I do this a little better? And yeah. I think each time you do it, like kind of like you said, kind of using that yes rule, you start to open up your, your network a little bit and you start to yeah. open up your comfort zone a little bit. And then it's just easier to kind of adapt and make that place your home. Yeah, it actually starts to feel like a home, which I think mm -hmm. is what it's one of the biggest blessings I've had with this group in, in MEP. And it feels like I'm in a home. You know, I feel like I have friends and it's, you know, it, it's, it makes all the world a difference because you don't feel like they only care about you based on what you do in, in the game or in training. It feels like you're actually a complete, complete human being, which really helps when you're playing overseas. And what about connecting with Americans abroad? I know you had, it seems like a crazy situation in Switzerland, but elsewhere in Iceland and Norway and now in Germany, um, have you have you found many other American players playing in the same leagues or even on the same teams? Aside from the when Switzerland When I played situation? the first time in Germany, I had... Yeah, aside from that, no. Um, no, I haven't. I think that is not something... No. Uh, it's not, they don't, Germany does not take a lot of, you don't see a lot of Americans playing here. It's not, when I was in North Carolina, the girls were always asking me like why I would do it. They wouldn't do it. It seems like such a hard place or this and that. So I remember the last time I played here, I think Allie Riley played for Bayern Munich and she was the only other American and she left in the winter. And so it's not like, no, you don't see a lot. So you got to really make do with your with the people around you i have other foreigners there's a girl from greece a girl from cyprus there's usually other europeans that i i feel that i i strike a bond with but i don't find very americans out in my little circle i guess that's another way that kind of rips off the band-aid and you don't rely because i have i've had contracts too where i was around nine ten americans and then sometimes you have one or two you can kind of form a tendency to like only yeah. speak to that person or yeah. like hang out with that person yeah. Yeah, and group. exactly when I first lived in 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 Germany like Sean and I lived together and we kind of would say like there's a part of America in in Winterhude which was the the part of the city we were in and that probably I mean it helped me in so many ways to be comfortable and kind of find my way but yeah. also you know like I didn't learn German as much I didn't force yeah. myself into it as much because I'm speaking majority of English being around another yeah. American an entire yeah. day yeah i mean 
to be honest, there's not a lot of Americans, but there are people who speak English in my team and in my other teams. And so that mm -hmm. is who I, that is who you try to create bonds with. And that's something mm -hmm. that I'm actively trying to, because there's so many, I feel like I miss out on some of the other players, you know, because mm -hmm. I can't really, but Germany is a pretty good country where you can have a conversation with almost anybody. But yeah, I do get that little foreigner circle click. It's not great. <laughs> Is there any chance in the future? I mean, we've spoke a little bit about one connections and just kind of knowing the ropes a little bit in Europe. Is there any chance in the future you could be involved in something that helps women players from America get into Europe to kind of follow their dreams, extend their dreams, maybe in a different way? Yeah, I feel like if someone, if someone ever came to me with a question or with an opportunity to do that, then I would definitely would help them. I feel I have accidentally so much experience in that um just doing it my, myself but I almost would feel like I, really, I would would just tell them what I what I did but mm -hmm. yeah there is probably a huge market and I think you do see that with um Leon the NWSL making partnerships with Leon and now um one is doing one with Wolfsburg and so I mm -hmm. think people are seeing the benefit to that but I think there's a huge untapped market in college soccer for girls because you can put their quality trained fit you know mm -hmm. players and i think europe would most european places would love them i just think the visa thing is a bit difficult but we can always work that out student visa or something so and we're not wants... we're not saying it but we're all we are saying it slide in christina's dms if you want a contract <laughs> no just kidding just kidding anyway, no i the first one the first one's free <laughs> first of all you better rush to get there first <laughs> second one no i think i think it is about who, who you know but there's not one place that i found that i have to find online so go ahead girls yeah. go online and email the scoring director yeah now we we spoke about it a bit before but we like to have this theme throughout the podcast of having a direction and not an end point because that that end point or end goal isn't fulfilling actually it's about the process of getting there and then once you get there there's always going to be a place where you want to get to next. So yeah. where are you now and what direction do you want to go? I think where I am now is happy and very present. And then I am reaching for goals, but it's goals within where I am right now. And so I think you can get to a team. You can get to a, I think your first goal as a player, I want to get to a league. Okay. You get to a league, you get a contract. And then now my focus is to be the best on my team to be the best in this space and it's less focused out of leaving and more focused on like okay I, well i think germany is a very difficult place and a very demanding place for for women's players and all players and so i think now it's about how fast can i get up to speed how fast can i do that so it's and i'm still very goal oriented and i find myself you know striving and it can be a bit harsh but it's centrally located to what I'm presently doing and so you can be goal and you can be wanting more but if you can want more from yourself from where you are in the moment I think it will serve you love right. that I'll love sad. that there's been so many mic drop opportunities in this if only you had one these are, those, just... these are those wink <laughs> moments that are going to be on video <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> I have to give you the <laughs> signal you, you said it and it kind of like sparked something in my brain i think you'll help me out training today so this, is, this, is, this is like one of the main reasons why we started this is just like exactly especially just going more into guests was like 
we learn so much from the guests and then we're able to kind of materialize something in a different way or think about something in a different way. And then I'm, I go to training and I'm like thinking about how much I enjoy like this whole process of getting there. Like it's, yes. it's crazy to get this. And I love hearing the energy from like a story like yours, whose yeah. your path has just been everywhere. And I think that's Perfect. so cool and valuable. I know. I, I really appreciate you too, because you guys seem to be on the same wavelength and almost finishing my concepts and it's giving me new, new outlooks on, <laughs> or new answers to some things. And I think like, yeah, I, I really respect your guys' journey. And I think it's, it's so funny. You just sit, sometimes I just sit and I'll laugh and I think like, wow, like young Christina, like, you know, she kind of, she was just a stubborn girl. She just, mm -hmm. you know, you just kind of want something and you won't stop till you get there. But I think you guys are the same when you're delusional in your passions and, yeah. you know, and you really do believe in yourself, you know, and, and if you do the work, like I think I get a lot of confidence from training. So I think if you do the work, you're, you have the right to believe in anything you want to believe. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. delusional is a good way to say it. It doesn't, shouldn't have any negative connotation in this because no. a lot of the times society is telling us like, especially, I mean, it depends, like, you know, you're, you don't need to play professional football. Like there's no opportunities for you or like get a real job. You kind of yeah. have to be delusional in yourself and think like, no, push that away. Like this is stubborn Christina. Like yeah. this is, this is what I'm doing. No, uh, my German agent during Corona was telling me that like, my only offers I was having were like, horrible you know they're 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 hard i just remember crying on the phone to them and being like do you know what i can do do you know what i can accomplish and then i wasn't crying at the time i was crying afterwards but at the time i was basically like putting on like a face but i was very very strong and like do you know what i've accomplished do you know what i've uh, i've done do you know what i can do and it sounds very arrogant but he didn't believe in, in me and he didn't believe in what I could do, but I did. And my next contract was like technically my best one in North Carolina or, you know, this and that. Mm -hmm. And so if I had just given in and signed a second league or a third league or, you know, just listened to someone, I just always thought, well, I've known you for six months. I've known me for how many years and I've been playing for how many years. And so that's why you have to take, you know, opinions into like a rationality of, you know, everything you know like you're not going to be every coach's cup of tea you're not going to be every team's every league's cup of tea but how long have you known you and mm -hmm. what you can do so i've known you for six months i've known me for yeah. 28 years in my yeah. in my instance that's what a great yeah. quote love yeah. that let's head into uh the fast feet round some some quick fire questions yeah. favorite player growing up ronaldo ronaldo safe quick answer quick. Ronaldo, so is it the same for now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Cristiano fan. Just the man can't do it. He can't do it bad for me. Love it. Um, favorite moment in football? Uh, favorite moment in football. I have two. Um, my first one is my first national team goal. I think it was such a huge weight off my shoulders. I waited years for that goal. It was like a tap in against Cyprus. Um, that was the best goal. Dude, it, it looked best. easy, but it wasn't. It was like it was coming in slow mo, and I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh my god, it's almost like too easy. So that was just a huge relief, I think. Uh, it wasn't like you know, it was more like conceptually for my whole life that I mm -hmm. did it. Mm -hmm. But my favorite footballing like one was um, during Corona, one of our last games in Germany. I scored like a 93rd minute header to relegate, yeah, yep. to relegate yep. Cologne, and. Mm -hmm. To help, that wasn't that they had to lose next game, we had to win, but like 
it kept us in the race. And, you know, it was when lockdown was happening. So we were in Eurosport and there was nothing else going on. And I just remember that was just like one of the funnest things I've done. I just liked it. Most difficult moment? I think it was, I'm going to embarrass myself with this one. I was sitting, uh, I was playing a cup game in Iceland and the coach and I, I, I don't know, we didn't see other eye or something. And I was starting the match and I was subbed in, I was subbed off within 10 or 12 minutes. And he put on, you know, his daughter and it was that. And I remember just leaving and sitting in my car, just crying, calling my mom. And it was just like an overwhelming feeling of like, I'm on an island. I can't escape. I go home, my teammates there. It it was it was definitely one of those like, what the heck are you doing kind of life moments, but mm. it worked out. Wow. Best <laughs> advice you ever received? Best advice I ever received. I think my uh, that's such a tough one. Best advice I ever received was everything that you wish for is probably staring you in the face. So just open your eyes. Boom. Mm -hmm. Favorite place you've lived? Lugano, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known the answer before I asked that. Uh, favorite favorite place to travel? Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Best player you ever played against and with? Against. It's like Alex Pop and like Perneal Harder for Wolfsburg back in yeah. the day. They were just they're just like gliding around that pitch. And then best player I've played with. That's a tough one. When I, I have a national team teammate. Her name's Chandresa Krasnici, and she played a little bit in Switzerland. But when I, but she really is like an absolute gold mine. Like when she's on form, I do nothing and I get a tap in like every other play. So <laughs> look her up, guys. She's a, she's a, she's a highlight reel. Hell yeah! So I have to shout out my girl Chandresa because she's just an untapped talent. Baller. Yeah, yeah, every okay. striker's dream. Yeah, she is. She will do 99% of it, and I'm just, like, in the box. So, <laughs> give her the ball. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? An author. Ooh. Author. What, what kind of books? Or magazines? Well, or No, no. I think I have – and I, I've had a few ideas for, like – I basically just make up stories. I think I could write really good kids' books. Like whimsical kids' books. Hell yeah! Nice. So we'll see. The spring, what the spring can we I think you could also write a book about your. I mean, your twenties, especially. My twenties, no. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, you definitely. This whole journey, I think that is like, what a crazy book that would be too. Because then you would yeah. start diving into some things too, like, you know, <laughs> shakes yeah. her head no for all of those. <laughs> No, all right children's what, books it is children's books yeah, it is. no i i hope one day i'll write i'll write a memoir and i hope it makes everybody laugh because that's how i would want it to be told like i just have a bunch of funny stories perfect and that i'll yeah that's it perfect next one is your favorite book all the light you cannot see by anthony door oh my god i have it do you, do you really? <laughs> this has been a funny episode this is a funny episode. No! It's an amazing book, too. Like, unreal. Did I give great. this to you, Sean? No, I was, I'm disappointed. <laughs> Come on, yeah, dude. Sean. It's crazy. We have, we have a book club. You know, we're sending books back and forth was, to each other. I was other. forgetting what it was, but it's like the two different stories and how, yeah. kind of how they come together in, in yeah. World War II. It's crazy. Like a, yeah, it is. And I love history. And so it like, brings that, like, 
history back into it. But yeah, it's a great book. I'm glad you read it. Sean, get on board with our book club. Yeah, Sean, we'll do a switch. We'll yeah, do a jersey well. switch. You can take the yeah. cheese. Have you ever read this yeah. book, Christina? Who moved my cheese? No. It's it takes an hour to read and it's is it one of the most incredible books that you can oh read. Oh my god. Send it to me. Yeah, I can. I can. Amazon. I'll, I'll look it up on Amazon. Yeah, I looked it up. We could Amazon's a ripoff here in Germany. It costs seven bucks, but Amazon's charging like 30, so don't do that. But yeah, just local bookstore. Okay. Right? I'm already obsessed with Amazon. Yeah. <sighs> um, any quote that you live by? Um, it's an Eckhart Tolle quote. It's the ego is a source of great suffering. I love that one. It's in all my journals. I think it just brings me back down. And yeah. I think, yeah. That's another metaphorical mic drop right there. We want to say, <laughs> Christina, thank you so much. This has been such an enjoyable episode for us. And, you. you know, it took a while in the making with our schedules, yeah. but I'm so glad we got to it. And yeah. again, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and taking the time. No, thank you for having me. It's been so beautiful to learn from you guys and to talk through so many things and have so many realizations. So it's also nice to talk to people from New York. So anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Another amazing guest. Great conversation. Always nice to, to talk with a fellow New Yorker that's also in Germany doing the same thing we're doing. Um, yeah, just an incredible journey, one. And two, her perspective and kind of how she's certainly now she's starting to take in like how grateful she is and how cool it is what she's doing you know and having a balance of like this super fire inside driven but also like appreciating and also mm -hmm. uh we didn't mention it but like to have a coach that can say that to you you know yeah that's very mm -hmm. observant of a coach to be able to see that yeah and like say hey like just relax you know yeah like, mm -hmm. you don't need to go be so hard on yourself i think that's also a, a great sign of a good coach yeah I completely agree. And I, like, like you said, I think the path is just tremendous and all the places she's been able to apply her trade and grind. And, you know, like she said, she's had to do a lot of it herself. I mean, you know, hearing that, I think it's just like, she sent how many emails, you know, what she got her first contract from was basically just from reaching out and getting a little bit lucky with a guy who mistake, mistaken her mistaken, mistaken, mistook her. <laughs> Oh my God. But you know what I mean? For another person. So like this is, but it was just from her just reaching out and taking everything by the horns and doing it herself. And there was a, there's a few quotes from that that I really enjoyed, but the one about working with an agent and the agent, not really believing that she could be at the level that she thought. And that quote where you've known me for six months, I've known myself for this, you know, yeah. fill in the blank with your age. I think everyone should take that because that is like the beauty of self-confidence and knowing what you can do, knowing what you deserve, and not letting someone else define your worth, whether that's right. a club, an agent, a coach. It's a game of opinions, like we said. Yeah. And that's just a different view of that. And I, I really enjoyed that one. And thank you to Christina. It took it was a long time in the making to to put that together. Schedules change, as we all know. And um, yeah, hopefully we're able to link up and see some games of each other because um what an experience. And you know, again. Thanks to her. Kudos to her. Yeah. Also, like you said, with that quote, that kind of that resonated with me. And I thought of both of us when she said that. Yeah, same. You know, yeah. I happen to also be in Germany, two German people telling us, like, oh, you'll never play in, at the time, you'll never play in the Regional Liga. 
Like, yeah, they yeah, thought exactly. we were yeah. crazy. And mm-hmm. I think at the time, it's like ignorance is bliss. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Why Why couldn't I play there? And like from their perspective, now I can see what they were saying. But like I said, this guy know, has seen me play for three months. I know myself at the time for 25 years. Like, exactly. listen, 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 buddy. Like, listen I get, here. Buddy. I get what you're saying, but no. Like, well, that's in, and from their perspective too, it's just because, like, you know, they see someone who's been in the Oberliga for a little bit of time and they, you know, they don't see the ceiling that you see because they don't see that path taken where, like, someone's going to come into the Oberliga and, like, not be the most dominant player, but just know that if they get a better contract at a better team, that they're going to adapt and play higher and higher up into that level. So they don't see it like you see it. So yeah. just always keep that in mind that, like, all right, buddy. Yeah. listen pal <laughs> you know, listen pal you don't know but either way i mean again what a fantastic episode hopefully you guys get a lot from it again remember the first dm in christina if you want to play abroad is the lucky winner of a contract and yeah i mean again with us guys the, the support is great all that free support um make sure you're following us everywhere please and yeah i mean i sounded like a broken record at this time yeah. but if you guys make it this far and then I know you supporting. So yeah. um, keep plugging, keep passing, tell your friend, tell your Amazon delivery guy, Exactly. Um, tell wags, you know, tell them all. Yeah. So until next time, keep moving forward, keep learning and make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs) 